0: Hey, good morning, Crossing. It's great to be here. If you don't know me, I'm Scott Mathis. I'm the president of the Berean Fellowship of Churches. So this church is a member of the 60 or so churches that are part of the Berean Fellowship. So I, as president, travel around to a different Berean church every weekend, inspiring and influencing God's people to pursue Christ's plan for their church uh, and for their life and helping local churches be on mission for Jesus Christ. Years ago, when I was still on the ranch before I became a pastor, I uh, had a bunch of yearlings I was feeding, and they kept getting sick. I figured out that these, in particular, three coons were climbing up my old wooden granary, ripping a board open, going into and eating my corn, which I didn't mind sharing the corn so much, but the problem was they'd stay in there and poop. In my granary, I would auger the grain out, and it would get mixed in. Their poop would get mixed into my ration, and my cattle were getting sick, so I went on a mission. I counted up my bullets for my single-shot twenty-two rifle. I had five bullets, but there were only three coons. And I recruited my lovely wife, Diane, one night to hold the light for me while I killed some coons. Diane was not real desiring of doing this. Why? I'm tired. Why? The kids might be... I'm worried about the kids. Her why wasn't very strong, but mine was because she wasn't out there doctoring all them yearlings like I was, so I insisted that she bring the light, shine it. I shot the first coon no problem, but then the other two coons scattered around the granary, and it took me the other four bullets to kill the second coon, but there was still one coon alive, and I was on a mission. He crawled up out of the granary and went running across the barnyard. I knew exactly where he was going. He was going to go up into the barn and into the haymow. I said, come on, Diane. Why? Come on, Diane. I'm sure I was very godly. I, I handed her a pitchfork, I grabbed a pitchfork, we went up into the, the hay mouse. she set the light down onto the beady eyes of that little coon sitting there in the corner, and I went up there with my pitchfork, because I understood that I couldn't let this coon live, and I stabbed at that coon and missed, and he jumped at me, my wife, who did not want to be there, sat there with her pitchfork. Like this, right behind me. I, sta- I jump back and she jabbed me with that pitchfork. Of course, what did I do? I jumped forward into the coon. He jumps at me, I jump back and she jabbed me again. Why we do things is really important and keeps us motivated to do things rightly. Have you ever noticed that? Our why, like why are you here today? Why do you exist even? Why are you taking up space on this planet? Why does this church exist? You know, when you think about it, if we know our why, it impacts every facet of our life. Now that's funny because Di's why wasn't very strong because she didn't understand the big picture. And if you're listening online, Di, I love you. (laughs) I've forgiven you. But why? Our why—the knowing the why—is incredibly important as a, as a person. Why are you married? Why do you have kids, teenagers? Why do you exist? Single people, why do you exist? Why are you taking up space on this planet? Well. It is very important that we know the why specifically for uh, uh, planting a new campus in Cozad. I'm delighted as president that this, uh, this is happening. Uh, it pumps me up because there are so many lost people who need the gospel in Cozad. You know, when you know your why, the how gets figured out along the way. The way. Have you ever noticed that? If you know your why, the how gets figured out. We don't always know. I guarantee you there's details that you think are, are, are right in your plan for COSAD that are going to get changed. That just always happens. But if the why, if you understand your why, and the beauty of authentic Christianity is that you and I can know why we exist And why, as a local church, it is so vital that that we keep reaching out with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus gave us our why. Uh, After his death and resurrection, he gathers his disciples and he says, "Uh, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples. Now, th- there's a mystery to Jesus having all authority in heaven and on earth because we don't always see it, this side uh, 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 of glory. And yet the reality is, is that because Christ and, and has given us the why and the power that you and I can understand that we are to go and make disciples. You as a Christian do not have an option on your Why? all believers, and all over for all time until Christ comes again, I have the, the why of we are to go and make disciples or learners of Christ in all the nations. I spent last night in Lexington. I went to Lexington Walmart. It amazes me every time. I go, I always deliberately go to Lexington Walmart because every tribe, tongue, and nation is represented in that Walmart. Every every flavor of people. It's awesome. God, in his sovereignty, is bringing the nations to Podunk, Middle Nebraska. And it is an incredible opportunity. I told Eric this morning, I said, you go to COZED, but promise me you'll go to Lexington too someday. There's another campus that needs to be in Lexington someday. Friends, God is has given us our why. We are to go and make disciples. As a local church, that is our, 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 the very heartbeat of our why. Our lost people coming to faith alone in Christ alone, and are they being taught how to be disciples of Jesus Christ? Jesus said, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach, teach. Local churches are always teaching new disciples. Are there new disciples? You see, I go to a different church every weekend. Some of them are dead. They just won't admit it yet. They haven't seen new disciples or people uh, to be baptized in years. Oh, Local churches that are healthy and life-giving are seen. lost people come and new disciples being made and being taught to obey all the commands that Jesus has given us. And, G- and Jesus said, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the, day, of the age. Jesus Christ is still in the business of saving people. Jesus Christ can still give you power to go and make disciples. The question this morning is, are you ready? You see, many times we get, when we forget the why, we get complaining. We're complaining, uh, when we're complaining about circumstances in life, it's because we forgot the why. If you're complaining about the weather... You forget the why of why, how God orchestrates this earth. If you're complaining about, well, it's going to be different now when we dive off all these people and they go to Kozad, it's going to be different. Yes, it's going to be different. It's always different. The church of Jesus Christ stays the same yesterday, today, and forever through his person and work. But the reality of everyday existence in a local church, if it is healthy and life-giving and new disciples are being made, is there's always change going on. In in methodology, the message never changes, but the methodology of actual everyday church life always changes. It always does. And, and, And again, does this church exist to make you happy? Or does it exist to reach lost people and see them saved and sanctified through Christ Jesus. Because Christ is with us. When you remember the why, it fights, helps us fight against criticism, complaining, and cynicism. Secondly, a thing I want you to remember this morning is that united congregations are invincible. Now, there is a great health in this congregation but every congregation is just two or three people who be, decide to become self-centered jerks away from it uh, cancerizing the rest of the church united congregations do amazing God's plan for this time period in history is still the local church, united together in principle and passion for Jesus Christ, allowing his spirit to to gift them and then use those gifts in amazing ways. United congregations are invincible. I think of the early congregation in the church as found in the New Testament book of Acts, the history of the church. Uh, if you remember, they were meeting. There was the church. Basically, when it started, was about 120 people. It says in Acts chapter one, 120 people. They prayed. They, I'm sure they had wonderful times of connection. How happy they knew everybody. And then Peter preaches. Do you remember this? Peter preaches, and do you remember how many people get saved? About 3,000. So the church goes from 120 people to 3120 overnight. Can you imagine when I used to know everybody? That person took my chair at the temple or my spot at the temple or however it worked. I get a kick out of people come up to me, oh yeah, Scott, you know, that church is too big for me. Oh, really? Can you imagine being part of the early church when it went from 120 to 3,120? Would you have said, oh, that's too many, it's too big for me? Two big churches is a ridiculous argument. It's an unbiblical argument, in my opinion. So 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 Peter preaches, and 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 then he the the Bible goes on, Luke goes on to describe here in these last verses of chapter two that all the believers devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. If you're a Christian, you devote yourselves to these things. They, uh, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now that we have the completed canon of scripture and we have a Bible, we we are devoted to studying God's word and being doers of that word. And they devoted themselves to fellowship. Fellowship means not just uh, sitting around uh, with like-minded people talking about Husker sports, especially about Husker football. That wouldn't unite us very much anymore. But, but I, 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 true, authentic Christian fellowship is this connection, this heart-to-heart connection through the power of Christ where, where we're able to be real, where we're able to admit that we don't have it all together, that we, we see we're all broken and Jesus is in the process of fixing us. A true Christian fellowship is being able to, to, to share physically and emotionally and spiritually with other people. So these new believers, they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and to sharing in meals. That's why Christians eat together all the time. When's the last time you opened up your home for a meal for someone to come in? Someone you don't even know. Very well. In this church, have you invited them into your home? It's amazing the miracles that God does through Christian hospitality. I've personally experienced it all over the world. And I've seen how God uses it in Dionysus life as we have people into our home. And they devote themselves to sharing in meals, including taking the Lord's Supper, what we would call communion. And they devoted themselves to prayer. The Spirit does this miracle of of saving all these people, and these people devote themselves to prayer, to sharing in meals, to taking the Lord, remembering Jesus through the the body and the blood, through the elements of uh, their common union in Christ, and they devote themselves to teaching. And, And what happens? A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. You see when a church is really being a real church and they've devoted themselves to those things there is this sense of awe of God there is this amazement that he is still working in their midst and I believe while we don't have apostles in the, in the sense of in the early church that, that 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 principally from this passage we can see that the apostles perform many miraculous signs and wonders. I believe to carry that on into modern day, in church in twenty twenty two is that when when God's people are devoting themselves to teaching, to fellowship, to sharing meals, uh, to prayer, that that their leadership can do amazing things. That their leaders do amazing miracles. Uh, still in this world today might not be the signs and wonders of acts but in the signs of wonders of seeing lost people get saved and set free from their addictions etc and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had authentic christian community is this mutual submission to the lordship of jesus christ and a and a, a willingness to share they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. This wasn't some communistic deal where everybody had to do this. It was a, a work of the spirit where people uh, uh, just, just uh, individually and then collectively like, hey, I have more than I need. I'll share this and so you can be helped. It just happens. It's still happening today in the church of Jesus in healthy, life-giving churches. And they worship together at the temple each day and met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy. The history of the church, my friends, has always been about Christians gathering, both publicly in corporate gatherings like this today, or in Cozad in the future, and then meeting in homes. We've always referred to it as being a two-legged Christian. One leg representing corporate worship gatherings like we're at here today. And the other leg, a small group of authentic Christians meeting together in a home. And you can read this through the, through the book of Acts. And when you're a two-legged Christian, you can walk with Jesus. Unfortunately, many uh, Christians today only go, they only have one leg. They're only, they're hopping along trying to keep up with Jesus because they only go to church on Sunday morning instead of being uh, both connected to Christ and able to walk with Him, because they meet in a corporate setting and they meet in a home for the Lord's Supper and sharing their meals with great joy and generosity. And they all the while, it always comes back down to praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people. And then notice what happens. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who are being saved. United congregations are invincible. There are people in Cozad, Nebraska, who face a Christless eternity unless today they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and God is going to use the crossing to reach the lost people. The Lord, when, when, when we live out those verses, the Lord adds daily to our fellowship those who are being saved. The third thing I want you to remember is that God honors the faith of those who go. Somehow, God still responds when a, lo- when a local church says, we're going to believe with a holy audacity that you still want to save people. We're willing to sacrifice our comfort and our personal preferences for the good of the whole. I'm willing to go and make disciples. God honors those, that faith. He honors. Again, I deal with different churches every week. The churches who don't believe God for anything, who forgot their why, they don't, they're not seeing anybody get saved. They're not seeing any lives radically transformed by the gospel of Christ. It's the same old people with the same old leaders making the same old decisions year after year. They keep surviving because people die and leave money to them. But there's no life. There's no uh, 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 amazing uh, sacrificial service of people selling things and giving money to others. God honors the faith of those who go. When we remember the why and we go and make disciples, God honors that. Maybe not in personal comfort or personal ease necessarily at all, but God honors that. And I think of that verse In Hebrews 11.6, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. You stand at a precipice of faith. The faith and the why are intertwined. Are you going to believe that God is assigning you to reach Kozad and Lexington and beyond? God rewards those. If you take and read Hebrews 11 and let this verse spur you to look up Hebrews 11, you will see that God honors people who go. That the faith of the goers results in amazing miracles in other people's lives and the life that goes. Father, I thank you for the crossing. I continue to lift them up and ask your spirit to continue to do miracles of life transformation through you, Jesus Christ. Keep them humble. Keep them knowing their why. Keep them understanding and choosing unity. Keep them, Lord, believing you with a crazy faith that you want to to see lost people get saved and saved people grow so your church will spread. Thank you, Jesus Christ. In your name I pray, amen.
1: trip down memory lane for some of you, I would imagine. A uh, trip down memory lane for, for me, for sure. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> something that I think is, is amazing is, uh, you know, years and years and years and years ago, uh, we talked about um, how the Israelites got to see the works of God with their very own eyes. And those of you who have been a part of the crossing for a long time, you probably remember us talking about that. And, uh, and we talked about back then, it was like, you know what? It seemed to me as I was growing up in church and in some of the churches that I was a part of, it was like we were perfectly content to open the Scriptures and just read about, you know, the stories of God and other people getting to see the works of God with their very own eyes. But we were content not to see it. And we just thought as a church, it was like, I don't think God wants us to just open the Bible and read about uh, other people seeing the works of God with their very own eyes. I think he wants us to see the works of God with our very own eyes. And so we challenged back then, and I tell you what, you've been a part of the crossing through the years, you have been able to see the works of God with your very own eyes. And and certainly, we're a big enough church, we could call it good. And, uh, and, and just, you know what, gather on Sundays, sing some songs, have a sermon, and, you know, live as comfortably as possible. But I guarantee you, we choose that, we will cease to see the works of God. So, you may not know this, but uh, years and years and years ago, um, the leadership team, we had been praying about and thinking, you know what, what, what does God want to do? us to do, and thinking we have like this 10 to 20-year uh, window. So that was at least five years ago, and, uh, and so you know that window's getting tighter and tighter of thinking, man, alive. Um, we are specifically, we feel very specifically called to, the, to rural Nebraska and reaching rural Nebraska and, and, uh, and, and reaching the next generation of rural Nebraskans. And feeling like, man, the best way for us to do that is through campuses. And so we just decided, you know what? We feel like God wants us to plan a campus. And so, you know, we started doing research about it and philosophy. There's lots of different uh, ways to approach campuses and different philosophies of campuses and, and on and on and on. But So a lot of groundwork was being done years and years and years ago, but we didn't know where or how God was going to do this. We just were planning on it and saying, God, you know, when it's time, you're going to let us know and where you want us to go, you're going to let us know. And so we pursued some different things and God seemed to close the doors on those things. And so we're like, okay. And, uh, and so, you know, um, when we did the family fun day in Cozad and all of the work that went into that and the time that we spent with the people in Cozad last summer doing that, it was like, this is it. This is where God wants us to go. It became crystal clear. And so, you know, your elders, John Haas, Jim Mann, Steve Ackerman, Barry, John, and myself, we were like, okay, we've known that God wants us to, to be a church that, to reach the next generation of, of rural uh, Nebraska, and we're going to do it through campuses. This is where he's saying this, this is where the first one needs to go. And he made it perfectly obvious. And it was like, and it needs to happen soon. And so, you know, we have taken an entire year to, uh, to plan this. And, uh, and so here's something, and you may not know this, but I've been being coached through this entire process through a guy called uh, Paul Smith. Um, he's actually, uh, their church is a strategic partner with North Point. And that's how I got to know him. He has a rural church in, in Florida where they are doing campuses, and they're about 10 years down the road farther than we are. And, uh, and so he's just been tremendous. But in one of our conversations, this is what we were talking about, and he said, he said this to me, he's like, when you plan for what you think God is leading you to do, you will always be prepared for what God does. But if you don't plan, if you don't go, if you're just like, you know what, when When all the boxes are checked, then we'll go. (laughs) I don't know of anything big that has ever happened where all the boxes were checked. You know why? Because it wouldn't take any faith then to go. I think that's why God's like, I'm not going to check all the boxes. You're going to find out as you take some steps forward as you go. And so our vision is to create one church, one church, multiple locations, create one church in multiple rural locations that unchurched people love to attend. That we would be a church that is committed to reaching the next generation. Our mission is to see people, meet, follow, and love Jesus. You see, we have the message of eternal life. We have the message of a better life. And some of you, because of God's grace and and, the, and, and God's grace working through this church, you have come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Some of you have been walking along, and, and the church is, you know, God has used the church and relationships in the church to mentor you, to teach you, to help you, to encourage you, to cheer you on, to lift you up, to cry with you, to grieve with you, to walk with you. And to see you grow incrementally in, in what it means to follow Jesus. So this decision to, to, to go to Kozad, it flows right out of our, uh, our values. See, one of our values is we are f- a faith-filled, big-thinking, bet-the-farm risk-takers. For some of you, and depending on what your temperament is, that scares you to death doesn't it? And for some, some of us, that doesn't scare us at all. And 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 so you know what? When we have, when we realize our why of what Scott said, and we realize, you know what? We have the message of eternal life, and we have the message of a better life, and God has has positioned us in a very unique way in rural America to to have a church that that's prepared and 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 has an approach that. Is able to reach the next generation, then yeah, we're faith-filled, we're big-thinking, and bet the farm risk-takers. Another one of our values: we will do anything short of sin to reach people no one else is reaching. If we're gonna, you know, if we're gonna do things no one else is doing, then 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 we've got to reach people that you know what for. It, it, it's difficult, and, and I get this, man, I, I have been part of, of churches that did not, they just weren't equipped and, and didn't have a, 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 an approach that, that said, hey, we want, we we're expecting guests every week. In fact, I've been a part of churches where if a, if a guest showed up, we were just like, what are you doing here? Right? Because we didn't expect anybody to show up, and it was like, whoa, we have someone new, that's unbelievable. It is rare, and you probably know this, it is so rare on a Sunday morning not to have a brand new guest here. It's just a different approach. And I'm not saying it's, you know, it's the approach, it's just a different approach. And so, you know what? This is how committed we are to saying we are committed to reaching people for Jesus, Another one of our values we give up things we love for things we love even more. And 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 it's a sacrifice. For some of you you're going to sacrifice some things to see this happen. And we changed the arrangement of the chairs this morning. <laughs> one of you some of you are probably like, "Yeah, I don't want to give up that center aisle. I like it right, you know what? Right down the center, Eric, you changed everything up. I mean, I don't even have my seat. I was talking to to Jesse Garrett this morning. I'm like, hey, how'd you like the different chair chair arrangement? He's like, yeah, we sat down. We're like, wait a second. This ain't right. Isn't it goofy? It's like you get your chair, and then you go right back that chair, or you get your table. It's like, that's my table. In fact, someone's probably sitting at your table when you came in Oh, my table's taken. See, and those are the silly things. And we get hung up on some of this stuff. No, no, we're gonna give up things we love for things we love even more. Because if I could give that up, and giving that up means that we get to see someone come to Christ, we get to see a brand new family sit in in those chairs, and we get to see a brand new family come to know Jesus, and we get to see a family tree completely changed, I love that more. Give that to me any day over an aisle down the center. Flows right out of our values. We are spiritual contributors, not spiritual consumers. It's what Scott was talking about. It's like we're not content just coming in consuming. We could do that, but we wouldn't see the works of God with our very own eyes. We commit to this, we commit to being contributors. I guarantee you're going to get to see the works of God with your very own eyes. And you'll be a part of something that's so tremendous. So so bigger and outside of you. So much bigger and outside of me. It'll just be you'll sit back and go, only God. Only God could do that. So, here's the nuts and bolts of what this is going to look like in you know, Scott's probably right. As we go, I mean, that that vision, that plan of what we came up with, and 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 what we're the plan we're rolling out to you today, I guarantee you, it has changed dramatically. It's changed dramatically, and it'll probably change. And as we go, there'll be some changes as we go. I hope we have some growing pains, and we'll have to adjust and and uh, and 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 make changes as. We go, but as we start, here's what we're planning on doing. You're wondering who the campus pastor in Cozad is going to be. You're wondering who the campus pastor is going to be in Gothenburg. I will be the same staff who is, who is you know operating and, and leading this church is going to be also over in Cozad when we start, okay? So I will be the campus pastor to begin with. It probably will not stay this way forever, in fact, I guarantee you, it will not stay this way forever because uh, I'm planning on living forever but not here. So anyway, all right, so that's the way we'll will, will start. And you're like, how's that going gonna, to gonna work? Um, I'm actually going to be in person in both locations. <laughs> you're like, hey, now I really want to know how that's going to happen. All right, what about the worship team? So John and the worship team, we've talked to the worship team about this, and uh, and they're like, yeah, sign us up. Here we go. They're like, so John and the worship team, they will be in person at both locations in the beginning. Now, eventually, we would love to have you know two different groups at, at each location and and uh, as we grow and we develop, that's what we would love to do. But in the beginning, this will be the case. And some of you are like, but is he going to be the youth? Yes, don't worry about it. He's still going to be um, the youth pastor. And at some point, we will probably try to split that role right there, worship and and, uh, and youth. So um, here's the, here's what's interesting is so the, the worship team and myself, we're going to be coming back and forth between Kozad and Gothenburg on a Sunday morning, and we were thinking, man alive, you know, um, we got the entire worship team. We should probably pile them all into the same vehicle to get them, you know, between campuses, and, uh, and you know, gas prices are really, really tight, so this is what we've come up with um, <laughs> for the worship team, and here's John. Back there just holding on. It's only 10 miles. I can make it. So, <clears throat> no, just kidding. Hey, we gotta have some fun along the way, right? All right, so you're wondering about Kid Venture. What about Kid Venture? Amanda Collers, woo! Amanda Collers is gonna be the uh Cozad Kid Venture director, and I'm pumped about that because she's gonna be, she'll do an, an, an awesome job. All right, where are we gonna gather? Where are we gonna gather? We're gonna gather in the Fox Theater. I'm telling you what, if you haven't been to a movie at the Fox Theater, let this be your motivation. It is a cool, cool, cool place. They just renovated it here a year ago, right? Through COVID, they renovated the whole place. It's, it's phenomenal. It's so cool. And we're going to be in the upstairs theater. There's actually three theaters in that building. When I tell people that, they're like, really? Cozad has three theaters? Yeah, they are up and going, man. It's unbelievable. So um, we're going to be in that upper theater. And uh, so here's how it's going to work on a Sunday morning. Here is our gathering times. Um, We will have an 8 o'clock gathering in Cozad. We will have a 9.30 gathering in Cozad. And then we will have one big gathering at 11 o'clock back here in Gothenburg. Um, You're like, why are you having two services in Cozad right off the bat? And only one here. So, you know, when, when a church plants, when a church does another campus, the best way for that to happen um, is to cannibalize yourself. And when I say that, so we're actually taking, you know, 50 to 60 adults that are currently coming from Kozad, and we're going to cut them. You know, we're not actually going to cut them off. We're going to encourage them to launch um, over to Kozad. To, uh, and so there's going to be, you know, 60 adults and their children less that are coming here. And uh, and so um, it'll allow us to go back to one big service here. Um, now, the upper theater in Cozad, it only holds 130 people. So you've got to thinking, okay, so we have 60 adults. That's almost one service because since COVID, um, you know, any auditorium that gets over 60% full, people are starting to feel okay? It used to be 80% full. Now it's like 60% full. So that's one service right there. And if, it, if it, we had a bigger auditorium there, we would have one service, but we don't, so we're having two. And since this one holds 320 people comfortably, um, we're able to have one big service back here until you guys get so crazy that you invest and you invite to a place where we've got to go back to two services, which I fully expect you to do, and I know that you can. So where are the kids going to meet? The nest is going to meet, so the babies are going to be in the theater. Um, upstairs is a really cool big uh, conference room that we're going to have access to. The treehouse, um, we're still trying to figure this one out. Part, they, part of them might be in the theater and part of them might go to the Hawk Center, but the fort for sure will be in the Hawk Center. Um, the Hawk Center, for all of you who are old and from Cozad, uh, is the old bowling alley. You're like, oh, yeah. Okay, so that's about a block, one block to the west um, of where the theater is right now. Um, so uh, something else I want to let you know is Gothenburg and Brady, you are not old news. The, the mission and your why has not ended here because we're launching towards Cozad. The mission is still going on in Gothenburg. The mission is still going on in Maxwell. The mission is still going on in Brady. The mission is still going on in Eustace Farnham and in Arnold. And, and it's still going to be happening. And we're going to be doing things in, in all of these campuses that we do we're going to be doing things to help you accomplish the mission that you've been given in your specific area. So we, have not, we will not forget that you know, the mission doesn't end here because we're heading east as well. Okay? So be investing, be inviting. In fact, all the more as we uh, launch uh, a, a new work over in that direction. And I was thinking about, you know, the, the works of God with our very own eyes. And I was thinking about Ephesians chapter three. And you want to talk about a guy who got to see the works of God with his very own eyes? You think, you think Paul sat back and was like, you know, when I get the money and I get all of the right boxes checked and I have the right people, then we'll go? <laughs> I guarantee you, there would not have been churches planted all around the Mediterranean rim. You know what? Paul says, we're going. And we're going to trust God along the way. And one of those churches, he writes a letter back to in Ephesus, and he says, now all glory to God. And I would say that too. Not glory to the crossing, no. May we not peel one ounce of glory for ourselves. May it all go to God. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, So in other words, God wants to, you know, the church is his plan A, plan B, plan C for the message of the cross in this time, in this world. And so he's going to be working through us. It's not just we sit back and pray and want to see God. It is no, God's like, I want to do it, but I'm going to do that through you. So you have to be willing to go. Through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Those of you who are in the room who were a part of starting the crossing, is that true? Infinitely more. When we started, I guarantee you, we had no idea. We had no idea it was infinitely more than we could ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. May when we pass the baton off to the next leaders of of this church, may we pass the baton off and, and, and they not look at a church that are like, great, it's a church we got to try and fix. No. Here's a church that is handed off and we're so blessed to be able to continue it on and continue the work. So the Cozad campus launch is going to launch at Candy Cane Park in a family fun day. And are you ready for the date? Well, that's, yeah, hey, we got the rumbles going. All right, it's gonna happen on June 26th. We're gonna have another family fun day, June 26th. Now, um, here's the thing. Last year, we had this family fun day, and it, it like blew all of our socks off. We were just like, talk about the works of God. We saw 700 to 750 people come through the park that day. It was just like, Whoa, we're expecting over 1,000 people to come through the park this summer? That's going to be launch day number one, and we're going to be handing out invites for everyone who's there to come back the next week at the Fox Theater, and you're thinking, how are we going to hold everyone? I don't know. We're going to figure it out as we, as we go um, to come back, and, uh, and, and, and we're going to launch Speaking of invites, I hope you'll take these cards and, and, and invest and invite to Easter because and, and if you're from Cozad, you know, here's a great way for you to say, hey, we got a campus coming. You want to check out the crossing, come for Easter. All the rest of you, the mission hasn't ended, okay? So leverage what, what, what we're giving you. You can give this. If you want more, take as many as you want and uh, be investing and, being, and be inviting, so this last song, I was thinking about it, and we were wrestling as a staff as to as to what to do, and and, and I just you know was thinking, um, sometimes there's songs that that you just they're you know they're not theologically deep. It's just I just need to I just need to get out of my body a praise to God for for what He's done in my life. That's what. This song is, and some of the words in it, I love it. It says, I'm not a perfect man, I'm not a perfect woman, but I'm just glad to be a child of God. Amen? Amen. Because when I think of where I could have been, should have been, would have been, had He not stepped in, Rhett, can you think of that? Oh, not in a good place. (laughs) Not in a good place. And some of us, we can think about that, right? And it's like, oh, no, no. If God hadn't have stepped in your life and maybe used this church as a vehicle to do it, to think of where I would have been in my marriage, to think of where I would have been in my family, to think of where I would have been, <sighs> I, I've, got a, I've got a praise on the inside that can't be denied, and I got to get it out right now. And when I do, it might get loud. All right, we'll cross. So all of you 80s people are like, yeah! All right, you love it loud, I know you do. So, crossing, hey, would you be praying, praying, praying as, uh, as we move towards this date? And uh, if you are from Cozad, if you're watching online, you're from Cozad, we would love it next week we, after the second service, we're gonna have lunch, and we're gonna have childcare for this potential launch team. It is not an exclusive group by any stretch of the imagination. Everyone from Cozad, from that side, we would love for you to be that, a part of that. So, um, would you invest and you invite Uh, as we continue towards this date. Crossing, have an awesome week following Jesus. You are dismissed.